0: grow yourself, and grow your marriage. Chris and John are here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is...
1: Chapter number two
0: of our first
1: book in the book club.
0: Yeah, man. All right. So, last Chapter and episode, we focused on disobedience. If you didn't get a chance to check that out, head on over there and check out triggers of disobedience and how to handle that from a biblical perspective. Um, and ultimately some of the, uh, some of the different stories about how we've handled disobedience in the past and all those fun things. Um, and in this one, we are going to talk back
1: talk. Back talking, another external trigger that can cause us to feel anger, and I can tell you from experience, the only thing I got in trouble for as a child the main thing I got in trouble for was a child was back talking my mom, mainly. And my dad, obviously. And now
0: we have a little human that is like the literal carbon copy of little Jana, and i did nothing to deserve you're welcome this. Nothing.
1: you are so welcome Dude. you get two of me
0: i'm telling you i i didn't backtalk as a kid until i was probably oh, sure. way later in my years i'm
1: perfect fair children yeah. never did anything wrong. Yeah, exactly
0: we were we were great we we were perfect backtalk didn't exist
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So our five-year-old struggles with backtalk, and I really think it's just those of us who are really intelligent.
0: I um, think that's what it is. That's, what it,
1: that's why, yeah, mm. because she just has smart comebacks. She's no, it's smart. actually really hard to deal with, and it is a trigger for, uh, I think, both of us in, in making us frustrated, because you kind of puff up yourself with that pride of, like, who do you think you're talking to? I'm I'm the parent. I'm big. You're small. I'm smart. You're dumb. You know the whole Matilda, Matilda line. Matilda,
0: baby. That's my movie. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. No, but like, and somebody might be thinking like, yeah, exactly. Like you're the parent. They don't talk to you like that. And I totally agree. We do not allow our children to backtalk us, but we have to remember just like we talked about in the last episode, the last chapter is we're creating, they just got here. Like we're teaching them how to be human beings, how to be adults one day. So they have to learn what's disrespectful, what's talk, And, and we have to learn what, what are we doing to cause that backtalk
0: yeah and i think i think what's interesting about that is there have been so many times having so i think we've mentioned a lot we have <laughs> five-year-old a four-year-old a two-year-old and we have little ledger who's not even a year old yeah he's like what seven months six months six months yeah so anyway what's interesting about having kids in all these different stages is we have literally seen things evolve to the point where like they actually didn't know it's very easy for for someone in Let's say someone at work or someone close to you to roll your eyes and you just feel total disrespect, or or someone to say something you know really In a harsh frustrating tone. or harsh to you, and you automatically are freaking out on them, right? Well, our kids, there have been so many times where like even our oldest Lola, she she was literally like, okay, um, she there. There's one time where she rolled her eyes, and we're like don't roll your eyes at us. What do you do? You know, and she's like, oh, I had no idea. I had no she idea. I just know. saw someone else do know. it, you know? And so it's funny that back talk also is something where I think that has stemmed from. She's heard, you know, other kids say things, or maybe she's watched something on TV that she saw a kid react that way. And she looked up to that kid. And so she chose to do that. So what's interesting is it always comes back to our reaction. So one, Good point, Jonna. It is literally, they just got here. So they're probably still learning. Okay.
1: No, they are still learning. They, they yes. <laughs> like think about they it, she's they five are still learning. You're like, oh, a five year old should know. But you're like, five years on earth is really not that long.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so they are still learning. And ultimately, ultimately, what it's coming down to is our reaction.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest takeaway I had from the back talk chapter was not to be a hypocrite as a parent because it's so easy to, you know, if they're yelling, you're yelling. Um, There's been times where we've been like, okay, you smacked your sister, so you're going to get spanked. But it's like, I've never felt good about that. because I've always been like, wait a second, don't hit. So I'm going to hit you to teach you not to hit. Or I don't want you yelling at your siblings or talking to them in a harsh tone. So I'm going to talk to you in a harsh tone or yell at you. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't really I don't believe it really teaches them the lesson when we are. And I think, um, this chapter was author Wendy and she talks about how we basically steal a show show with our own fit throwing when they're throwing a fit and how, you know, like that really convicted me. I'm like, yeah, duh. Like, how are we supposed to teach them if we're doing, having the same toddler like behavior?
0: Mm, yeah, it's true. And, uh, I think I think spanking's a hot button for people, yeah. Because because it's something that's been passed down, right? It's like, well, all I the kids, all, all the kids fine. I knew who weren't spanked are jerks, and I, I mean, I tend to agree for the most part. And then you know, I was spanked, Johnna was spanked, and so it is interesting because you can easily carry that over and be like, yeah, well, that's just what we do, right? But also, I think it's come to me in this, in this very moment is it's also a pretty good. <laughs> Come on, Man. Jeez, the something. computers following on us. Following us now. Okay, so it's also a roundabout way of us letting our anger out too. So, reacting negatively for me, for sure, is definitely going to be like spanking in the heat of the moment. So, that's just that's just a little side, a little side note there. Um,
1: well, yeah, I think it's important that I, I don't know that we're going to tell you. We're not telling anybody how to handle their kids but i will say for me personally i have been convicted by spanking even though i was spanked as a child um i've never felt good when i've done it because it has been yes reactive out of frustration out of not knowing what else to do and it it truly feels like a temporary fix because there's no there's no lesson there except for like fear you know yeah yeah. Or not wanting to be hurt, which, I mean, you can but, make an argument for it in some circumstances. They run out in the middle of the street and you got to right. really scare them or whatever. I don't know.
0: It does create short-term compliance. So if that's what we're after, if we're after short-term compliance, then okay, I guess you agree with, <laughs> geez, kid. I guess, uh, I guess we agree with spanking. But ultimately, I think what it comes down to is... We're not looking for short-term compliance. We're looking for, like, lessons out of these things. Raising so. up
1: little human being adults, yeah. So something that Wendy stresses in this chapter is uh, considering our response before re- we react. So if you've been a parent for any amount of time, you pretty well know what to expect on a day-to-day basis. You know your kids, if you if they're little and they're siblings, or they don't have to be little – If they have siblings, you're probably going to break up some fights and arguments over somebody not sharing or being mean to each other or whatever. Um, You probably know there's going to be some arguments over maybe eating or going to the bathroom or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you pretty well know your children and the things that set you off each day. So, like anything else, we need – I think we – I took from this is we as parents need to be prepared for how we're going to handle that. And so something Chris and I do, we've said a million times, if you've listened to our show at all is we get up in the morning and we spend time together, reading and praying and all that, but like we prepare ourselves for the day ahead of time. And actually I don't, I don't necessarily know I have a response prepared for every single issue, but that's something that Wendy says in here is like being, being prepared for a response when something happens, like you're, Kid hits the other kid, or whatever. Yes, yep. and
0: actually, this is twofold. So, part of our planning in preparation for the day, and really the whole point behind this book is, how can we react and become more like Jesus? Right? Uh, how how can we how can we biblically back the way we are reacting to mm-hmm. the triggers within parenting? And so, preparing ourselves is spending time with God in the morning together, and like literally being able to just drown the noise out. Uh, all the distractions. We don't check our, you know, Facebook or anything in the morning. And we are just focused on like reading the Bible and talking about what we're reading and things. And it has really helped us just when the kids come down, be prepared. And then we'll also have the occasional conversation like, man, Lindley's been really, you know, wild lately in this area. And Lowell's been back talking and all these different things. And we kind of have an idea of how we're going to handle those things when they come head on. So we're being proactive instead of reactive. So from a planning perspective, I think, really just bringing the whole point of the book home, saying, okay, how do we be more like more like Jesus? Um, and that's reading his word and understanding, you know, how he lived, right? Uh, and then I think what also is really powerful about this chapter is when she talks about really learning to parent like God. So, again, us, us preparing ourselves and saying, cool, how can we parent like God? And something that I think has been really cool for us has been she talks about the about the idea behind uh behind our kids being able to truly experience repentance and i know a lot a lot of times our kids will get upset we'll put them in their rooms and then we'll say hey go say sorry and if it's not genuine it ends up being like a little bit like sorry um you know sorry i'll just say it so i can get out of trouble but what we've been doing lately is actually almost tapping into their conscience, um, letting them tap into their conscience rather. So for instance, the other day, sorry, the kids are allowed behind us. Um, So the other day, Lola, our oldest, she had like two of the same toy and our middle child, Lindley, was freaking out. She's like, she won't give this to me. She won't give this to me. And I said, and I said, hey, Lola, I'm not going to make you give her that toy. But what I'm going to tell you is the right thing to do, it would be to give her that toy. And I explained why, logically. Uh, because I know how she ticks. And she was listening to me. And I said, you can make whatever decision you want. I am not going to take this from you. Because instantly she cl- clutches a toy and she's like, oh, you know. It's mine. I it's, had it first. it's mine. And she's trying to justify that, right? So I made it very clear I wasn't going to take it from her. And I was like, but you'll be making your sister sad. And I just laid everything out as to what was the right decision and what was the wrong decision. And what she ended up doing was keeping both the toys. But it wasn't a lose and the reason is is because I watched her really closely after that. And she was walking around the house with both the toys and she could feel the guilt of making the wrong decision. Like it was really tapping into her conscience. She was sitting there staring out the window holding both the toys, not playing with so them. Dramatic. Yeah. I know, being being like sad. And I told her and I was like, "Hey, do you know why you feel the way you do?" And she's like, "Because I made the wrong decision." I was like, "Exactly." And She went over and she handed her the toy and like – and so she ended up making the right decision because she felt the weight of making the wrong decision. So from a repentance perspective, it's not only been like, hey, let's make our kids say sorry. It's been tapping into their conscience, which I think has been really powerful.
1: Yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen the fruits of that for sure. And I want to say too, it's something that I'm going to quote Wendy. She says something that really, really stuck with me. She said, she gave the example of the free will that God gives us and said, it's not our job to strangle our children into submission, but to set a godly example. And that really convicted me and stuck with me because it's like, you just want them to do what you want because you're the parent and they're the kids. Mm-hmm. But we have to set a godly example and so in the same in the same idea a way that we set a godly example with back talking is responding in kindness instead of anger and harshness and explaining to them when why that's not okay and then when we are when we i mean i don't know if you would call it back talking your own child but when we do speak to them in, in a rude tone Going to them and apologizing to them and and humbling ourselves and asking them for forgiveness and setting that godly example that, hey, just because we're mom and dad doesn't mean we know everything and doesn't mean we do everything right. Like, we are humans, we mess up too, and we have to go to God all the time for forgiveness just the same and asking them for forgiveness. And I really feel like that alone, making that change in our lives, is, is I've seen a difference in our kids.
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Jeez, Ledger, you're making this a little tough here, buddy. Um, yeah, so, so, so that is the chapter on Back Talk. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys were able to pull some things from there like we did from Chapter 2 of Triggers. Um, We're going to continue through these chapters, hopefully not with too many distractions of kids. Uh, We are going to keep continuing through. uh, And the next chapter we will cover will be on disrespect.
1: Ooh, another external trigger. And obviously these all go hand in hand. But there's so much gold in just a few pages of each chapter that um, I think we can (laughs) let you. Yep. He's excited. Okay, he's excited. We're learning how to parent. Yes. Okay uh thanks for listening to the grow yourself grow your marriage podcast uh if you just joined us go ahead and snag the book triggers off of the link in our show notes and uh join us for this uh, journey to parenting growth is what i would call it
0: journey to parenting growth there there's another name keep sending in names guys i'm not so on that one either <laughs>
1: <laughs> no that's just what we're doing right now reading this book
0: that's true that's okay. true okay all right guys we'll talk soon thanks